and pain following the death of a loved one. Good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. If you haven't listened to my podcast from episode one, perhaps you aren't aware that one of the most important things I want you to do is keep a gratitude journal and write at least five things each evening in it that you are grateful for. If we stay in a state of gratitude, we have less chance of slipping into depression and sorrow. We give ourselves permission to grieve, but we also give ourselves permission to live, too. No one said we must be grief-stricken every moment of every day after we've experienced a loved one's death. By focusing on the positive, good things, and good experiences we have in life, we have less time to focus on the sorrowful parts of our life. So please choose the positive, the good. In this episode, I want to talk about three individuals who are beloved by millions all around the world. Two are dealing with serious diagnoses, and one recently was killed. When tragedy happens to famous individuals, we are struck by our grief reactions. Sometimes we aren't really sure why we would be so affected. After all, we don't personally know them. We more than likely never even met them, but their work and personality have affected us deeply over many years, and we admire them, respect them, appreciate them for their good work the entertainment they provided, and their authentic spirit. This connected us with them, and we are grateful. So when something happens to one of them, we hurt for them and for ourselves. The first individual is Alex Trebek, who is the host of Jeopardy!, which is one of the most popular game shows in television history. Alex Trebek was born in July of 1940 in Sudbury, Canada, and until the age 12, attended Jesuit schools. He finished high school in Ottawa 
and then went on to study philosophy at the University of Ottawa. After entering the journalism field, he then realized it would be much more lucrative to host game shows. After hosting two in Canada, he made his way to Hollywood in 1973 and hosted other short-lived game shows. In 1984, Alex took the helmet Jeopardy, and it quickly became one of the most popular game shows in America, winning four Daytime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Game Show Host and has been on the air for over three decades. In 1990, he married Jean, and they have two children, Emily and Matthew. He has also been a spokesperson for various international charities, including World Vision and the Smile Train. He's participated in 13 USO tours for American troops overseas and received the prestigious Bob Hope Entertainment Award in 1998. But in March 2019, he announced he had been diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Although for many, this would be very difficult news, Alex is still fighting the good fight and working on the Jeopardy set. Our second featured celebrity is Rush Limbaugh, born in January of 1951 and is currently 69. He was born in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and attended one year at Southeast Missouri State University. His family was prominent in the community, with his paternal grandfather serving as United States Ambassador to India under President Dwight D. Eisenhower. He also had an uncle who was a federal judge during President Ronald Reagan's administration, and his father was an attorney. He knew at the tender age of eight that he wanted a career in radio, but his father wanted him to find a more stable job, and Rush was looked upon as the rebel in the family because he wouldn't fall in line with his father's wishes. Rush landed his first job in radio while in high school, using the name Rusty Sharp, working as a DJ at a local radio station. Because he was deemed too controversial as a news commentator, he was fired in stations in both Missouri and Pennsylvania. And after a stint with the Kansas City Royals baseball team, he took a job as an on-air host at KFBK in Sacramento, California in the mid-1980s. In less than a year, his ratings were off the charts, and he became known as Sacramento's top radio host. It was in 1988 that the Rush Limbaugh Show was nationally syndicated from New York City on ABC Radio. It has been on the radio for three decades, and at one point became the highest-rated American talk show program. It is listened to on more than 650 stations nationwide. Rush has also authored numerous books, including his 1992 bestseller, The Way Things Ought to Be, and in 1993, See, I Told You So. Also in 1993, Rush was inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame and the National Association of Broadcasters Hall of Fame in 1998.
He's a five-time winner of the National Association of Broadcasters Marconi Award for excellence in syndicated and network broadcasting. He's been married to Catherine Adams Limbaugh since June 5th, 2010, and this year will celebrate their 10th wedding anniversary. With a national listening audience of 25 million people each weekday for three hours on 650 radio stations, he reviews the landscape of American politics and helps his devoted fans to better understand the intentions of the parties and politicians. Earlier this week, Rush revealed he had been diagnosed with advanced stage lung cancer. At the State of the Union address, President Donald Trump awarded Rush with the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the most prestigious medal given to civilians in the United States. And if you were a diehard Los Angeles Lakers fan, you knew the magic Kobe Bryant delivered each game night. He had charisma and flair and was one of the best basketball players of his generation. Can you imagine the discipline it took to excel in his field and be an integral part of his team and lead them to win five championships? Even if you weren't a Lakers fan, you admired his skill. Add to that his philanthropic nature and secret Santa appearances to the hospital rooms of sick and dying children. He, unfortunately, died way too soon. He was only 41. On Sunday, January 26th, he, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, along with other coaches, parents, and teammates of Gianna, and the pilot all died when the helicopter they were in crashed into the mountains of Calabasas, California. Kobe Bryant was born in August of 1978 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Named after a city in Japan, he was raised in Italy as a child and returned to Philly to begin his high school education. He brought his team to the state championships four years in a row. Although he had good grades to enter college, he decided to enter the NBA straight from high school and was selected by the Charlotte Hornets in the 1996 NBA draft and later traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. While in his second season with the Lakers and only 19 years old, he was voted a starter for the 1998 All-Star Game and became the youngest to play in that game's history. He helped the Lakers win three consecutive NBA championships. He also signed endorsement contracts with Adidas, Sprint, and other top sponsors. In one game, in January 2006, he scored 81 points against the Toronto Raptors, marking the second-highest single-game score in NBA history and led the league in scoring the next two consecutive years.
He also played in both the 2008 and 2012 USA Olympic teams, winning gold medals in both. Kobe and his team won five NBA championships, and he personally received the 2008 MVP award. After sustaining many injuries, he retired in April 2016 after scoring 60 points in his final game against the Utah Jazz. He also earned an Academy Award in 2018 for Best Animated Short Film for Dear Basketball. He was the husband to Vanessa and father to Natalia, Gianna, also known as Gigi, Bianca, and Capri. Now, some of us think it's weird to feel sadness when people we don't personally know, who brought us joy in our lives, become ill or die. But we feel that their contribution to society was much more than the average citizen, and often we want to express that pain with others who also understand the magnitude of the situation. If a musician or an actor dies, their work lives on through music and film they produced and can be appreciated for many decades to come. When we hear their songs, it brings us back to a memorable time in our life when we may have been more carefree and the lyrics may have had a profound effect on our lives at the time. We may have even given an artist credit for helping us through a particularly difficult and dark period in our life, and hearing those songs again bring back not only that time in our lives, but all that went with it. When someone famous is struggling with an illness, we want to reach out and encourage them and say prayers for them during such an incredibly difficult challenge in their life. Most of us have seen family members, perhaps even ourselves, go through the rigors of treatment, surgery, and other procedures and know how difficult that can be. It may be that one of our loved ones, who has passed on, was a great fan of the celebrity who is now struggling with illness or has died. Thoughts of how often they enjoyed the work and the entertainment of that celebrity will bring back feelings of melancholy. You will think about them more than perhaps you did a few weeks ago. That's the funny thing about grief. It creeps back up when you least expect it. Not to the extent it did in the beginning, but enough that you ponder about their death and also how much they loved that celebrity. And it's all good. At this point, it might even bring a small smile to your face. The pain is less severe. It's more about good memories. We also connect with how the celebrity died or was killed. If our loved one struggled with cancer or died in a helicopter or plane crash, we will be much more impacted right now. And this is perfectly natural. It brings up your grief again, and it may be several years since that person passed on. It might hurt you or cause great sadness, but understand, you don't have to go back to day one. You can recover more easily from this sidestep. Just keep things in perspective. 
Also, we have a stronger sense of empathy for others. We look at life a little differently now. If we have never gone through such a struggle or tragedy, we get to look at this process through the lens of someone else's life. We get to see how difficult life can be, and in a sense we have a better understanding and appreciation for our own life and how good it truly is right now. The sad truth is that no one gets out of this life unscathed. We all have turmoil at some point. It might not be illness, but it might be addiction or the death of someone very close to you. It might also be the sudden and tragic death by something like a plane or helicopter crash. I think about how Alex and his wife have had a long, happy marriage and children. I think about how Rush and his wife Catherine are hoping to celebrate their 10th wedding anniversary this June. And while they have no children together, they put great energy and effort in writing and publishing the Rush Revere book series for children, which teaches them the history of the United States of America. Young children actually call into Rush's radio program and thank him for writing the books and express how much they enjoyed them. And I think of Vanessa Bryant, who must now build a new life without a husband and father to her surviving three children, and also the loss of one of her daughters. Vanessa and Kobe had what my nanny used to describe as two families. My nana and grandfather had two sons in the 1920s, both who served in World War II, two children in the mid-1930s, and one daughter in 1941. Well, maybe that might be considered three families. (laughs) But the Bryants had two daughters, Natalia, born in 2003, and Gianna, born in 2006 in the earlier part of their marriage, and more recently, after Kobe's retirement, had two more daughters, Bianca, born in 2016, and Capri, born just last year in 2019. As the creator of the Foundation for Grieving Children, which is the first national nonprofit charity in the U.S., which raises funds for the benefit of children, teens, and young adults after a loved one's death. I feel so brokenhearted for Natalia, who will grieve her closest sister Gianna and her father. And for the little ones, just an infant and toddler, who will only have photos, videos, and memories that their older sister and mother will tell them about when they grow up. In decades past, many of us remember when President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in 1963. I was a little thing back then, but I still remember shadows of that day when the principal came on the public announcement system and told us the sad news and that classes would be canceled for the rest of the day. I remember being in the elevator in my apartment building and all these adults were packing in because they all came home early from work. And here I was in the middle, looking up to sobbing parents of my friends. 
Five years later, in 1968, I was old enough to better understand when Robert Kennedy and Martin Luther King were also assassinated only two months apart in April and June of that same year. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and my father was watching the television as the reports had come in from California that Bobby Kennedy had been shot and killed. I didn't know everything that was going on, but I knew enough to understand this was serious, and it left an indelible stamp in my mind, and as I tell you this, I can see myself in the living room, sitting next to my father, just watching, observing him, and taking it all in. As life moved on, we witnessed the explosion of the Challenger in 1986, another human tragedy. And I'll never forget the sudden, violent death of Princess Diana on Labor Day weekend in 1999, which shattered the lives of her two young sons, Prince William and Prince Harry. Yet the terrorist attack on the World Trade Center's Twin Towers on Tuesday, September 11, 2001, crushed our sense of security, and like President Kennedy's assassination, Anyone alive on 9-11 will tell you exactly where they were. Now, we may not have known anyone who was connected to the Kennedy or King families, nor anyone whose astronaut hero was called dad or mom, son or daughter, sister or brother, or be close to Princess Diana, her sons or other family, and we may not have even known anyone touched by the murder of nearly 3,000 people on 9-11-2001. But these tragedies affect us. They make us realize life is short. Life is fragile. How we treat each other is everything. We now live in a social media world where we are given the ability to tap on a few keys and express how horrible we feel after someone in the spotlight is ill or has died. We get to tell that person how much they mean to us, what an impact they made on our lives. We get to send our love to them and encourage them or their survivors during such a painful period in their life. We let them know they are not alone, and in so doing, we confirm for ourselves that we are not alone either. We collectively are loving each other when we do this. We collectively help one another to not feel we are the only ones feeling this grief. We are collectively soothing ourselves at the prospect of losing such a valuable member of our society who contributed so much, perhaps much more than we ourselves contributed. It helps us to realize, if we hadn't considered it before, that life is not infinite. At some point, it comes to an end. And many of us, until our idol or hero is ill or dies, doesn't take the time to reflect on our own existence, our own life, and be appreciative for it. No, 
We might not be famous in anyone's eyes. Well, except perhaps our spouse, children, or parents, but we sometimes live vicariously through our heroes, and that's okay. Just as long as we always remember to make the very most of each day, to say thank you to God and the universe that we get to see another day, even if it's not perfect. That you get to say thank you for all you have, all you are able to do, all you are able to give. Each of these famous folks, Alex, Rush, and Kobe, all make it a point of giving back in big ways. They may not have wanted all the glory from their philanthropy, but that's what makes it so special. When you give secretly, it's so much more fun. You have risen above being acknowledged for your gift. You've left the envelope with cash in their mailbox or under their keyboard because you heard they were having a hard time. No names, no fanfare, just love. Perhaps you can join me in this practice. One of my favorite things to do is just leave whatever I can share in an envelope when you hear about someone struggling financially. Maybe you heard they were having car troubles and needed a new battery. Maybe their child needed new books. Maybe a parent needed additional medicine. It doesn't matter the need. Keep your ears out for these types of conversations and bless them when you can. It will make you feel incredibly satisfied you could help. But just remember, don't let them know it was you. That's the best part. Okay? So as I close, I want to thank Alex Trebek for the many years of knowledge he poured into my life. When I watch Jeopardy and get an answer correct, I am secretly wondering why the money I won on that answer doesn't just spit out of the TV just like an ATM. <laughs> Can you just imagine that? I've been waiting for that to happen for years. Rush, you've graced the radio waves for over three decades and brought great knowledge, wisdom, and political commentary to over 25 million folks each weekday for three hours a day. I commend you for your stamina and dedication to your passion. Along the way, both you and Catherine created a fantastic series of children's books that will live on forever. Your philanthropy is well known, and countless families, especially military families, have benefited from your great work. There are no words that can adequately express the monumental impact you have had on the political landscape of the United States of America. And to Kobe's family. While I wasn't much of a basketball fan, I did see Kobe play on various occasions, and I loved how he electrified the court. Vanessa and Natalia... May you always know how special your husband and father were to all who knew him and loved him from afar. He was a great lover of those who were sick and challenged, 
and so enjoyed being a secret Santa all year long. He never wanted credit for his good works. And for the memory of Gianna, who also loved her father's sport and pursued her own love of the game, may you be comforted in knowing she was so happy reaching for her own dream. So now, let's get up. Move our bodies to the music and wiggle in your seat if you're in the car. And dance and have fun. joining me today. Remember to continue to write the five things you're grateful for each night in your journal. If you'd like to leave a comment on this episode and bring well wishes to the Trebek, Limbaugh, and Bryant families, go to my site, marymac.info, click on the blogs tab at the top, look for episode 10, scroll to the bottom, and let your heart share what it needs to share. And remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll talk to you again soon.